In a world filled with big sports companies and high-end production podcasts comes a group of guys who paid five bucks for this intro. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Mm, I've been my zone, no lie. And we like to play till the sun go down. Yeah, we like to play till the sun go down. Then we take that town, then we take that town. Alright guys, well welcome back to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Christian Brito. My name is Jeff. As always, you can find me at Fantasy on Twitter. With me tonight, we've got intern Rich. What's up, Richard? Are you talking? Shut up, Richard. Hey, nothing much. Uh, just ready to go ahead and get this started. It's just me and Brito for now, but uh, we're hoping that Dale's going to be able to join us throughout the middle of the podcast. We'll, we'll see if he if he makes it happen. He's beating his beat. and uh, Well, if that don't. was the case, he'd be done by the intro. But <laughs> <laughs> So you can find Richard on Twitter at Rich underscore Fantasy. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at EatSleepFF. I do want to, before we get into anything else, I want to talk to you guys about... Um, something a little interesting that we've got going on. Are we ready? Are we ready to talk about hashtag Eat Nation, Rich? Hashtag Eat Nation. That's what it's all about. We're still securing the rights to the URL, but we're working on it. Yeah, we're probably not going to get that URL. It's like fifteen <laughs> grand, so we're going to have to find like Eat Sleep. We'll have to crowdfund that URL or something. <laughs> <laughs> Eat Sleep dot Biz or <laughs> something <laughs> ridiculous. Anyways, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be hosting. Um, a, a couple of giveaways with some Eat Sleep Fantasy shirts and stuff. Since we mentioned it on the last podcast, we got a bunch of tweets like, hey, how do I get a shirt? And yeah, it's right. Just like, <laughs> that shit was come, cropping up all day today. I'm like, okay. Apparently, people really like free t-shirts, and that's why uh, that's why that uh, t-shirt cannons are a thing. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. The box that the t-shirts came in, like, they came perfectly folded to fit inside of a t-shirt cannon. I, I almost went online and looked for a t-shirt cannon, but... No, I'm not going to spend that money. <laughs> but it, it, it's it was pretty good. I, I would never be able to fold a shirt like that. So basically what we're going to ask you guys to do is go ahead and subscribe and review our show on iTunes. Take a screenshot of that. Tweet it at us with the hashtag EatNation. It's very simple. With the hashtag EatNation. We're going to be picking a few winners from there to get you know some prizes, some t-shirts, some stuff like that. So... Go ahead and just re- review us. Let us know what you think on iTunes and snap a shot and send it over to us on, on Twitter. At EatSleepFF is our Twitter with the hashtag EatNation. Yeah, and uh, I actually just went to the post office earlier today and I sent out our very first Eat Sleep Fantasy shirt to Ricky Vaughn who is in Dale's Listener League division. So you should be receiving that in the next couple of days. It's going by regular po- postal postal service, so just be on the lookout for that. And congratulations Please. again and hope you feel better. Who goes to the post office? I went to the post office. I didn't have anything to put the shirt in, so I went to the post office and I got one of those envelopes. Stamps.com, if you're listening to this, you know. Real life scenario. This was not. Real life scenario. We do not want to wait in line at the post office to send out these t-shirts. Dude, and the post office closed at 5. I got there at about (laughs) 4.50, and there was no no less than about 8 or 9 people ahead of me. Yeah, that's called... uh, 
the post that's office. Called, <laughs> that's called the post office. Exactly. I was I was gonna take it a little deeper and be like, that's called the government, you know, establishments. Oh, great! Now we're gonna get a bunch of uh, cease and desist orders by the government for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is this? Why is why is the IRS looking into uh, looking into my tax payments for the last three years? Is that a, is that a, is that a note taped to my front door of my house? And then okay, me- me- menace- really... it's a menacing note. Why are we doing this? Let's just move on. Okay, so in this show, we've got a few interesting things today. We're going to be obviously recapping some of the news that's been going on. We're going to be answering several listener questions in the mailbag. We're going to be talking some pro draft tips and also talking to the Fantasy Doc. We've got a loaded episode, so let's just go ahead and get into a little bit of the news. News and notes. News and notes. Every fucking time. <laughs> hey, um, do you want? I, I was thinking about just reading through them. Is there anything that you want to touch on yourself? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> 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 ha, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I might be a little uh, mature here, bro. <laughs> Dude, you can't say touch on yourself and expect me not to laugh at it. <clears throat> Alright, no, go ahead. Alright, so first piece of news here today comes out of the Minnesota Vikings camp. Obviously, we all know that Teddy Bridgewater was pretty severely injured yesterday. Uh, He has officially been placed on the injured reserve list, effectively ending his 2016 season. Uh, He did suffer a dislocated knee and a complete tear of his ACL. Right now for the Vikings, it looks like backup Sean Hill is going to be in line to start for the Vikings in week one. Uh, So pretty much that's going to go ahead and bring down any sort of value that the Vikings wide receivers had coming into the season. What do you think, Brito? Yeah, I mean, the Vikings were, I think last or very close to the you know bottom of the league in pass attempts last year i expect very similar this year and they're looking into possibly trading for either mark sanchez or even possibly geno smith yeah i saw that they were talking about mark sanchez earlier um definitely go for mark sanchez instead of geno smith in my opinion but you got to think of it this way too mark sanchez didn't win the job in, in denver for a reason so um you know Really, at this point, it's going to be a toss-up, and we'll just have to wait and see there. Uh, Next piece of news out of the Seattle Seahawks camp, head coach Pete Carroll chimed in with the same tune that he has been saying over the last few days about Thomas Rawls, pretty much saying he has no doubt that Rawls is going to be playing in Week 1. Now, last week, he did completely rule out Thomas Rawls' participation ahead of the Week 3 game, (laughs) but he hasn't ruled it out out yet for Week 4. So it's still a wait and see there. I don't expect Ross to get any kind of playing time in the preseason. At this point, I don't really think it's necessary. Pretty much just get him ready to to be a full participant in practice uh, ahead of week one instead of trying to go ahead and rush him in and getting any any kind of playing time in the preseason. Do you want to see him play before the regular season or you just want him to be ready to go? Just want him to be ready to go. And as it looks right now, he seems like everything is fine. And I would expect him to be on the field and get plenty of work in, in game one. Yeah. Also out of Seahawks camp, tight end Jimmy Graham continues to be a full participant in practice, but according to Pete Carroll, he's still questionable for week one. So he's been participating in the last few practices, but he's still not officially set as 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 a full start for the first week. So he still has that questionable tag on him. Um, he, he's not going to be ready. Yeah. 
Probably he, on not. the other hand, they're 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 hinting a lot that he's not going to be ready, and the, even if he was, they'll probably slowly ease him in. Yeah, yeah. The doc mentioned a couple of episodes ago that you know, f- for the first half of the season, really don't expect too much out of Jimmy Graham. Definitely look for him in the middle of the season to see what kind of production he's able to bring. Uh, moving on, though, over in San Francisco, 49ers running back Carlos Hyde. He was seen working out on a side field at Tuesday's practice, as reported by the Sacramento Bee. Now, he's already cl- he's already been cleared. He passed the NFL's concussion protocol, and he should be ready ahead of week one. Yeah, I mean, the, what worries me a little bit about these concussion injuries uh, is, you know, they're going to start really cracking down on making sure that players go through this concussion protocol over and over and over again and are fully ready to go, which is great. Like, that's exactly what they should be doing, Um, you know, but until a player is fully cleared, you know, you you got to worry how long it's going to be until they get back. Uh, You know, for example, John Brown, it's quite a while for him to get back. But Carlos Hyde, all indications are he'll be ready for game one. Yeah, speaking of John Brown, he's also been cleared to play, uh, so he's uh, he's passed all of the NFL concussion protocols as well. He was still suffering from headaches as early as uh, as recently as a few days ago on Monday, but as of Tuesday, he's been officially cleared to go ahead and be a full participant. Yep. Okay. He's ready to go. Yep. Uh, also, ESPN reports that Jamal Charles is still currently behind in his recovery from his torn ACL last year. Now, according to the Chiefs, Jamal Charles hasn't—he he hasn't fully regained his spot as the number one back. Um, once he does become fully healthy, though, I fully expect him to be the number one back. But this does leave the door open for backup uh, Spencer Ware to have a much more significant role in the offense, at least early in the season. Yeah, the whole—the whole him not regaining his spot. That that has a lot to do with him seemingly not being fully recovered. Once he's back, um, he'll be the main guy. And we've seen even if his role is limited, him be extremely effective with it. I, once he's fully ready, it won't be limited. I just, at this point, I'm not sure if he's going to be given a ton of work the first couple games of the season. Um, so, you know, maybe temper expectations week one or two. Yeah. All right, and last piece of news here out of the New York Jets training camp. Head coach Todd Bowles said that the team is not concerned with Brandon Marshall's hip injury uh, since he was a late scratch from the preseason game in Week 3 against the Giants. So he was ready to go. He was a late scratch. He had a little bit of discomfort in his hip. Anything you want to say about it? No, he should be ready to go. Okay. All right, so that about wraps it up then for our news and notes. We'll go ahead and move on into our listener questions here. Cause some came in the mail today. No, I didn't. These nuts. <laughs> Got <Gotty. laughs> These nuts. <laughs> All right. First question. Um, let's let's go ahead and kick it off with a, a listener voicemail question. Yes, this is Joe. Love the podcast. Had a quick question for you. I'm drafting second overall PPR league, ten team. I thought about going to Julio, but my keeper is Brandon Marshall in a fifth. So I wonder if it'd be crazy if I would draft David Johnson or Ezekiel Elliott with that number two pick. Thank you. Keep up the good work. All right. So what are you thinking there, Brito? Uh, well, thanks, Joe, for leaving us a voicemail. I, I really like using the voicemail feature. It's it's pretty cool. Um, you know. You got Brandon Marshall. You're wondering if you should go David Johnson or Julio. Um, For me, this pick is 
is Julio here. I know you you're not super fond of that wide receiver wide receiver start. It seems the way you kind of presented it, but I would much rather have that start. It's just two elite players. You know you're going to win the wide receiver position basically against almost everyone in your league week in, week out. Go ahead and figure out your running back position in the next couple rounds after that. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that he if, if he were to go ahead and select Julio Jones to go along with Brandon Marshall, that's going to be a powerful one-two punch at the wide receiver position. And he's definitely going to go ahead and win that matchup every week. But if you if you're confident in Brandon Marshall and you're happy having him as your wide receiver one, depending on how the other keepers are are, are looking going into the draft and who's already been taken, then I would probably go David Johnson in this case. I have no problem going with Julio Jones either. To be honest with you, it's probably 50-50 for me. It really has to, has to do with what the other teams are looking like and what you can expect to draft in the second round. Yep. Uh, and I'm definitely not considering Elliott there. Yeah, it's between Julio and David Johnson there. Yep. So we did not help you, but go Julio. It's a better <laughs> move. All right. Steve loves football. So Steve says, uh, what are our thoughts on G- on Jesse James as far as the Steelers and if we think that he's going to be a top 12 tight end? He says he only plays he only plays in 12-team leagues, so he's asking if Jesse James would be considered a tight end one option. Uh, well, let's remember a few things, right? Ladarius Green was placed on the pup. We don't know whether or not he'll be back. I think in the meantime, for that for that time period, Jesse James has the potential, right, to be an okay plug-and-play guy. But there's definitely other options that you can have that are going very late in drafts anyways. So you can have a Dwayne Allen. You can have Eric you know, Ebron. Eric Ebron. You can have – you can go even, even later than that. You can get a Zach Miller. Guys like that. I would rather have. Now, if if you're playing in a league that's deeper than 12 teams and those guys are for some reason all gone, then I would, you know, start rolling the dice on a guy like Jesse James um, who might, you know, for for as long as he's in there, be a very viable option for you. Yeah, Jesse James is a pretty interesting case heading into the season. Uh, The Steelers, of course, they brought in Ladarius Green to take over for Heath Miller, but he's going to be out now for at least the first six games. So history tells me that Jesse James will not be a top 12 tight end, uh, at least not for this year. If we look back at Heath Miller and his, and his career with the Steelers, uh, over the last 10 years, Heath Miller only finished in the top 12 four times in that in that span. And it wasn't because of injury or anything. It was simply the fact that he wasn't he wasn't a top 12 tight end. Four out of those 10 years, he finished outside of the top 20. So and and he you know Heath Miller is going to be the one that, that Jesse James is going to be compared to. They've got a similar size. Of course, Heath Miller's I mean uh, Jesse James is much younger. But even in in the early years of Heath Miller's career, he wasn't consistently a top twelve tight end. Um, of course, these are two different players though. But with the limited information that we have so far on Jesse James, I'm going to go and I'm going to go ahead and say that no, he's not going to be a top twelve tight end. Yeah, I mean, he there's potential. That offense has definitely kind of evolved a little bit in the last few years, and there is space and room for another player to emerge this year. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I, I think he's an okay guy, but there's better options. Yeah. All right, next question then comes from Miguel. He says he's in a full PPR league. He has Steph Diggs on his bench, but he's wondering if he should drop him for Spencer Ware. 
Uh, of course, the situation in Minnesota has changed a little bit. So this uh, probably, if you ask me this question, probably you know three or four days ago, I'd, my my answer might be a little different. But what are you thinking here? My my answer to this question is not going to be helpful because I don't have the rest of the information. My answer is it completely depends on the rest of your roster. Um, if, do you have a need for another running back? If you if you really need another running back who might be able to plug in for a few a couple weeks while Jamal Charles might not necessarily have the work, or if you have Jamal Charles and you kind of want to handcuff that position, then absolutely. I would take Spencer Ware and drop Stefan Diggs in those positions. Um, I don't necessarily know that Stefan Diggs is completely irrelevant, but, you know, if you need a running back, take Ware. You know, if you need the wide receiver, take Diggs. It's kind of a, a real toss-up at this position, but... Um, for well, me, if you need a wide yeah, receiver, I'd, take a different wide receiver. Uh, he's still going to be the one on that team, in my opinion. And that has some value, even if it's Sean Hill. Um, it's going to have some value in that team. So if you need a wide receiver, I'd keep Diggs. But in all likelihood, if you're asking this question, it's probably because you want the running back either because you need it or because you want to handcuff Charles or some other position like that uh, situation like that. So... Uh, it seems like you're leaning that way, so I would go ahead and pick up where. Yeah, uh, go ahead and check your check, check the waiver wire. See if Vincent Jackson was drafted in your league. If not, then go ahead and make that switch and uh, forget about where. But if you're if you if you're in need of the running back, or if you have Jamal Charles, because of the situation in Kansas City where Jamal Charles is a little behind in his recovery, Spencer Ware could have a bigger role at least in the beginning of the season. So if you're if you're all set on wide receiver, then do it. If not, then you are, you already know the answer. Okay. All right. The next question comes from at RedMickey17, and they say, "Hi guys, been loving your podcast. Big shout out all the way from Brisbane, Australia. So that's that's a long way from here. That's what is it like a twenty hour flight from Miami? Good night, mate. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I said that. <laughs> uh, they say in a recent podcast, we you discuss backup running backs that could step up and be a top twelve running back if their number one goes down. As a Chiefs fan, I think Spencer Ware has the potential if, and it's a big if, Jamal Charles goes down. Thoughts? So this pretty much, we, we, we pretty much kind of already answered this, right? Okay. The first thing I got to say is um, Red Red Mickey 17, this whole message to us is in caps locks. <laughs> so I'm just reading it as, hi guys, I've been loving your podcast. Thanks. Big shout out all the way from Brisbane, Australia. And then on top of that, I'm reading it in an Australian accent. So it's more like, hi guys, been loving your podcast. Thanks. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. Oi, 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 oi. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> is that even from Australia? I have, I, I'm pretty sure, dude. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. I hope it is. <laughs> this is this has the possibility of becoming an incredibly offensive podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we apologize in advance, everybody. Um, Spencer Ware is, if he wasn't already, he's becoming um, one of the best handcuffs to own. Yeah, definitely. Uh, at least handcuff wise, if you have room for him on your bench towards the the you know towards the end of your draft, then you know go for it. But is he a top 12 running back if Jamal Charles goes down? Think about the other running backs that are in the league. So who? So let, let's take a look at some of our rankings of those that are just outside of the top 12. And if we think that, um, you know, Spencer Ware has a chance of surpassing those if, 
it's just him. So we'll go ahead and we'll do a this or that here. Of course, the choice is yours. You can oh. get with this, or you can get with that. You can oh. get with this, or you can get with that. You can oh. get with this, or you can get with that. I think oh. get with this, but this is where it's at. Okay, so Brito, right now, your number 12 running back is Doug Martin. So if Spencer Ware were to be the guy in Kansas City because Jamal Charles went down, would you rather have Spencer Ware or would you rather have Doug Martin? Um, that's a pretty good question. Spencer Ware was very, very good, uh, when Jamal Charles was out. Obviously, he was splitting time with Sharkandrick West, and even then, he was, he was very good. Um, and I think this year, should Charles go out, that split will lean much more heavily in favor of Ware. Um, and he's been pretty good this preseason as well. Um, he belongs right in that conversation, I'll take Doug Martin because of the bigger sample size known quantity of what Doug Martin is, but um, it's very close. Okay. You've got Mark Ingram at number 13. Would you rather take Mark Ingram or Spencer Ware? These are fucking difficult. Um, Would you be comfortable saying then that Spencer Ware would be a top 15 running back? Yeah, I think, all right, put put him behind Ingram and who's next? Next would be C.J. Anderson. He's right in between Ingram and Anderson for me. Right there. He's where I would put him if it was him. Okay. If he was just the guy and there's no Charles. All right. Great. Hope that answers your question there. All right. Next question then comes from Colorado J. And he's got a trade question here. Colorado J says that he's in a half-point PPR. He currently has Tyler Lockett and Gio Bernard. And he was recently offered Dante Moncrief and DeAndre Washington in a trade. Should he do it? Mm, nah. I'd rather have Lockett and Gio. Yeah, I wouldn't do it either. Tyler Lockett, he's he's primed to have a pretty big season. And Gio Bernard, you know that you're going to be getting significant numbers. Gio Bernard is a guy that you can start on a week-to-week basis at your flex. You know, I'm not sure that the same can be said about DeAndre Washington, at least not yet. So, and the upside of Tyler Lockett, I feel, is going to be higher than the upside of Dante Moncrief this season. So, you've already got the two better players here, in my opinion. Right. Um, for me, Gio and and Moncrief are close enough together that the downgrade from Lockett to DeAndre Washington is not worth it. Yeah. All right. I, I I I would have it ranked in this order. I, the best player in this in this scenario is Moncrief, then Bernard, then Lockett. But you think Moncrief more than more than Gio? I have Moncrief ranked ahead of Gio, but it's not by a lot. So okay. that difference is not worth the drop off between Lockett and DeAndre Washington. I see what me. you're saying. Yeah. 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 All right. Simple enough. Then keep keep uh, Tyler Lockett and Gio Bernard. Alright, that is it then for our you, listener we questions. Got, we got one question here, and I we know I think you skipped over it on purpose. What do you mean? From Rob John, do you guys really only eat, oh, sleep, wow. and play fantasy I didn't football? Oh, wow, <laughs> It's a very uh, short question. Well, we definitely eat. <laughs> so, uh, there's no denying that. Know, what else? What else? Um, have, we really, have we really talked about ourselves and what we do and whatnot um i don't know let's take a minute you want to do that 
Yeah, sure. Tell me about yourself, Brito. You're you're far more interesting than I am. <laughs> no. Um, all right. So in my spare time, I uh, I'm a co-host of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football podcast. Uh, during the day, I uh, work with kids with autism. I'm a beha- behavior analyst, a BCBA. So I kind of write behavior programs and um, treat the kids that come in and help them learn skills and reduce problem behaviors, basically. See, I told you he was more more, uh, <laughs> more impressive than I was. <laughs> I have um, no idea what Dale and Armando do, just FYI. Yeah. Like, they they, they tell me all the time what they do. And Dale does something and Armando does something else with like Google Tours or some stuff. Well, we definitely know, know that Armando is not an electrician. That we know for a fact. Yeah, uh, but me, I mean, I run, I own my own business. I put up window blinds in customers' homes, mostly residential. If I get a commercial customer, I don't turn them away. Um, but see, that's it. That's all I do. And I'm also a co-host here at Eat Sleep Fantasy. Uh, big baseball fan. I love the Miami Marlins because uh, we're down here in Miami. Brito's probably rolling his eyes right now, uh, but I don't care. I'm a I'm a true fan there. How about that Christian Yelich, 16 home runs, four more, right? Four more, and somebody has to eat crow. Yeah. Nobody knows what we're talking Nobody about. Nobody knows what we're talking about. Well, there's unless they're in Miami. Guys, there's, there's three guys on the podcast who are like, I get that reference. Well, I Beast is listening reference. right now, so he knows. Yeah, Beast is probably listening. <laughs> Beast, if you're Beast listening, is, come on, man. Get us if, on you're, the, if you're get listening, us on tweet at us. Yep. <clears throat> so you don't want to answer that question how you answered it off air? What did I say? Yes, the question is, do you guys really only eat sleep oh. and play fantasy football? <laughs> no, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it. So the question is, do you guys really only eat, sleep, and play fantasy football? I'll, I'll Richard's, say it. I'll, I'll Richard's say it. Richard's visceral reaction was? Yeah. I said, well, well, yeah, What I think what I said was, we originally were eat, sleep, fantasy, fuck your mom, but we didn't like the way it looked on a t-shirt, so we just went with eat, sleep, fantasy. Oh, uh, yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> Oh god! I hope we don't use that. Yeah, Dale's not even gonna listen to this. We're so this definitely, is all we're in. definitely not gonna get any sponsorships now. <laughs> we curse too much, dude. We're not, we're not kid friendly. Then again, um, how many kids could, play fantasy football? We could add an NSFW tag on it. That way, yeah, people I don't know how to do work. that. Uh, just put it in the title, NSFW. No, I think there's a you you take off the clean lyrics option on iTunes. Oh yeah. But I don't know how to do that, and um, yeah, somebody actually told us that in uh, in one of the reviews, right? Yeah, and sorry about that. If, if I could, if I could reply to the reviews, um, my response would be, um, I'll try to curse less, and I I can't figure out how to remove the tag. Yeah, I mean, you guys got to remember for now at least it's it's just a, a couple of guys who are just talking football, man. And, and a lot of it comes, you know, pretty much almost all of it comes naturally to us. And, you know, we don't really have a filter in our everyday lives. I mean, obviously we know when it is appropriate to speak specific ways, but if you're just talking to your friends, you pretty much just say what comes to your mind. So Hashtag I, no filter. <laughs> so, yeah, at times, you know, a few curses do come out, but we definitely will be a little more conscious of it moving forward. No. Fuck that. <laughs> hey, that's like that's like when Dan Lebetard he he said on somebody uh, one one of the one of the listeners tweeted at him. They said, "Hey Dan, why don't you talk some puck?" <laughs> and Dan said, oh, you, "You want me to talk some puck? Puck you." <laughs> I just I, right. I I lost it there. 
Sorry. <laughs> so let's let's uh let's go ahead and get into one more little piece. I want to provide you guys with just some quick draft tips. Um, this article is going to be going up to you know today actually on uh, on the website. So if you want to check that out, by just the some way, quick hitting tips. What's by up? the way, I'm sorry. By the way, for those of you guys still listening and hoping that Dale is going to be joining us, it doesn't look like he will be. So we'll be wrapping it up ourselves. Always wrap it up, kids. All right, so we're, I'm going to give you ten quick tips for your fantasy draft. Uh, tip number one: Do you want to uh, like go back and forth with these? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go ahead and, and volley it around. Uh, so, we're going to be giving you 10 quick tips for your fantasy draft. Before we go anywhere else with this, first tip always to remember with this is to have fun with your fantasy football league. This is your fantasy draft. You know, everyone's still in it. Get some food. You know, figure out some humiliating punishments. I know punishments. I'm still in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some humiliating punishments for whoever's going to be in last place. At the end of the day, this is a game, right? And that's the way that you should be treating it. If it's not fun, you're not doing it right. So, and that that's probably applicable for a lot of things. Yeah. Pro tip number two out of ten. Wait on a quarterback. Now, obviously, this is only for standard leagues, not your two quarterback or your super flex leagues. Now, when we say wait on a quarterback, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't take a quarterback until late in your draft. It just simply means that you know, you, you want to afford yourself the opportunity to take a quarterback at the best value possible. Uh, you know, up until recently, the, the QB position has pretty much been you've got one guy, and if something happens to him, you need to scramble for a, a mediocre at best running a white quarterback off of the waivers. But, <laughs> Every other position. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> running back, tight end, quarterback. <laughs> But the QB position has become one of the most easily replaceable positions in fantasy football. There are tons of guys that are going to be available throughout the season that are going to pop at quarterback, like Blake Bortles and Kirk Cousins did last year. There's at least 18 to 20 guys that you can plug in your roster on a week-to-week basis. Um, so, <laughs> On the same tune, Richard, uh, tip number three, don't draft a kicker in a defense early. Don't be that guy. I mean, I tweeted this out today, and immediately we actually got a response, you know, oh, you know, I'll spend an extra few dollars on Goskowski. And it's just, there's absolutely no need to be that guy that drafts Goskowski in the seventh and Seattle Seahawks defense or the Broncos defense in like the ninth or tenth round when you're in a 16-round draft. Those positions have no position scarcity. Their difference in points per game uh, when it comes to the first team uh, the first kicker or the first defense versus the 12th kicker and the 12th defense is minimal at best. Um, the turnover, especially for defenses year after year is tremendous. Uh, so really it's about figuring out through matchups and stuff like that, who you think might be a viable option, but definitely don't waste an early pick when there's great players. still on the board, just don't do it. Yeah, if you if I see somebody pick a defense, you know, in the seventh round, I'm immediately going to think, man, this person's auto drafting, or they're simply drafting the one that that the pros pick has the highest percentage, or you know, some of that nonsense. You know, a lot of times that is helpful, but if I see you picking a defense or a kicker that early, I'm immediately going to think it's it's auto draft. 
you know, moving on. Pro tip number four, pay attention to the other team's rosters in your league. Now, this one isn't always easy to do while drafting because you're you're pretty much focusing on who's going to be available and what your team's looking like and what your holes are going to be. Uh, but this can be instrumental in taking certain risks, risks throughout your draft. So, like, for example, if you've been waiting on a tight end or a quarterback like we've been mentioning and there's only two guys that don't have a tight end or two guys that don't have a quarterback and there's still a good four or five guys available, then you can probably roll the dice at that position for at least another round or two and continue to stockpile on your running back and your wide receivers and then go ahead and take that player that you were that, that now you don't have to reach for you can take a much later in your round because of what the other teams are looking like already absolutely that's that's one of my favorites it's if you have the opportunity during your draft to have a little piece of paper where you can mark off who's been taken or check on your boards who's taken who and just take a quick look you know how many running backs does this guy have where has he taken a quarterback yet and see the guys who are going to be drafting immediately after you before your next few picks, definitely, definitely keep that in mind. The next tip, tip number five, is let the draft fall to you. Be flexible in your drafts, especially in the early and mid rounds of your drafts. Do not have a set strategy. Oh, I'm going to go in and I'm going to do zero RB because that's the trendy thing this year. I'm going to, you know, punt on running backs. And then everybody's taking wide receivers, and you're left with, you know, okay wide receivers when they're great running backs on the board. Let the draft fall to you. Make sure that you're taking players based on value. You know, you'll, there's no need to take your 20th wide receiver when your 7th running back is still on the board. Right. This next this next uh, pro tip here, pro tip number six, kind of goes, kind of plays off of the pro tip number five that you were just talking about, and that's draft in tiers. You're always going to want to draft in tiers. The reason for that is because it's going to allow you to be able to sort through players that you feel have similar value and be able to place them together in different groups. So let's say you're real heavy on in a certain position, and you you see that you know there's there's maybe one or two good guys there but then there's a lot of of you know like running back at a at a higher tier now obviously you're going to go with the high with the better player at that position don't necessarily draft based off of position draft off of value and draft off of the tiers that you've made for yourself before you even get to the draft all right well look who the fuck decided to show up hey guys hey. how's it going what are we talking about here we're on our pro tips. Pro tip number seven. We're just gonna throw you to the wolves, Dale. We did have we, we did have we did have ten pro tips originally. We're adding another one. Pro tip number eleven. Be the fuck on time to any any I, appointments that you have. Oh, I'm sorry. How do you guys? I have all the pro tips. How are you guys coming up with any of these? What are you talking what? about? These are off the dome. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what do you have? Tell me how good your pro tip is. Go next. Next pro tip. Go for it, Brito. You were next. Pro tip number seven. Know your league is tip number seven. Oh, this is bad. I can if that was tip number seven, I can only imagine how tip number one through six went. Well, it's a good thing you're editing, so you're going to be able to listen. (laughs) All right. So, know the scoring system of your league. Not just the scoring system. Obviously, that's the base. You want to know if your league is rewarding extra points for 
a carry or a catch or whatever it might be. But on top of that, go in knowing whether your league has an IR spot so you can pick up an injured player off of waivers. Know whether you can have an illegal roster position. So if you can set an illegal roster, instead of drafting a kicker or a defense, draft an extra wide receiver or running back to go on your team, and then you know you could drop one of those guys before the season starts. Know whether or not you can make ad drops before the season starts. Um, there's a lot of different league settings. Make sure you check those before you draft and you know them well so that you're not surprised, you know, to find out after the draft that it's, you know, a PPR league and you didn't know that. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Yeah. Pro pro tip number eight, Google is your friend. Now, there's a, there, there's a whole lot of other apps that are good, you know, like Bleacher Report, NFL Mobile, uh, a lot of different areas to get your, your news from, right? Uh but go to Google during your draft. You don't want to be the guy that drafts somebody who was just injured five minutes before you drafted them. Just do a quick Google search on the player that you're trying to draft or that you're thinking about drafting and make sure that they're in the all clear. Uh, you don't want to be the guy that drafts somebody who retired months before because you have a hunch <laughs> that they're going to come back. Yeah, I'm, look, yeah. I'm looking, one, at, looking at you, Armando. Yeah, well, one of uh, just a, one thing that happened to me last year, uh, it was a final round. I was drafting a kicker. And all like the big name kickers were taken. I just blindly chose a kicker, and uh, yeah, he wasn't he was he wasn't even playing anymore. And that league didn't allow uh, for pickups until after week one, so I was screwed without a kicker. So was you best was up it, pro tip seven and eight. Yeah. <laughs> was it was the kicker's name D Hopkins? <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> I remember last year I got a trade from somebody. It was like D Hopkins for I think it was. Um, for Larry Fitzgerald, right? And I'm like, what? Is this guy crazy? And then I took a closer look. It said D Hopkins and then position K for kicker. So that would have been that would have been really bad. I almost got taken advantage of there. That's like when Gronkowski's brother was playing. Yeah, right? <laughs> or, it was his brother or his cousin, I can't even remember. I think it, it was I think the it's other Gronkowski. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, go for it, Brito. Alright, so pro tip number nine, very simple. We want to have fun, but you play to win the game. Draft the guys that you like where you like them. Just because it's, you know, the 15th spot, but you want to draft the 20 or 21st player off of the ADP doesn't mean that you shouldn't draft that guy. If that's the guy that you want, take him because he's probably not going to be available on the come around. Don't be afraid to take the players you like and to play for upside players to win your draft. Yeah, now this is not this is not contradicting pro tip number five of letting the draft fall to you. So you play to win the game. You pick the players that are going to give you the best opportunity to win the game. By the way, I love that Herm Edwards soundbite. You play to win the game. So we're definitely putting that in there. <laughs> That's not going to be put in there. You're going to sound really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dale, All go right. ahead and finish it off for us. Yeah, uh, okay, sure. Um, yeah. Give us the last pro tip, Dale. The, the last pro tip? I'm, I'll tell you what the last pro tip is, and it's just that remember that this is just the beginning. Uh, you don't win your league at the draft. Uh, just be active, make a lot of trades. Uh, you trade you know, depth into elite players if you have it. Uh, just be super active on the waiver wire. Um, nobody is going to win their championship based off their draft only. Uh, you will change. If you change your team... Uh, your team should not look like 
how it does in the draft on you know your championship run. It should definitely yeah. look different. Yeah, that waiver wire. If you if if you want to win for real, you wake up at four in the morning on on, on the night that your waiver's <sighs> clear, this and you check true. to see who has been who who has been picked up and who is available as a free agent at that point. If there's a player that you feel isn't going to be picked up by anybody else, then you don't submit a waiver claim. Depending on how your waivers are are set up in your league, obviously if it resets every week, then there's no point in saving it. Or if you guys are playing in a fab, then you put your bid in. Um, but if it, you wake up, wake up at that time. Who cares? Pro, t- wake pro up tip early. number eleven: Put in a letter of request to your league commissioner to change your fucking waiver claim time from four o'clock in the morning because it's no. ridiculous. No, no, no don't. it's not ridiculous. You want to be that one guy that wakes up. Yep, exactly. If you want it, you got to earn it. That's why you've never woken up at four four o'clock in the morning, have you, Dale? I, I haven't gone. To, I haven't gone to bed and waiting for waivers. I've done that shit. <laughs> Honey, come to bed. Oh no, I gotta wait for waivers. <laughs> all right. So you guys want to go back up to pro tip one and kind of do this all over again with me in it? No, I gotta no. go. I think I we did joking. great. I was joking. I wouldn't want to do it. Brito and I have the best chemistry here, in my opinion. You were just an afterthought in this episode. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. One second. One second. Kidding. I'm kidding. We're cutting that. <clears throat> no. Hold on. Hold on. Guys, just fucking wait for a second. All right, well, that's going to wrap up our quick draft tips. Let's go ahead and talk to Dr. Seelan Parekh and get some of this injury news now. All right, well, on the phone with us now is Dr. Seelan Parekh. Uh, you guys know him. He's an author, a speaker, an orthopedic surgeon, and a professor at Duke University. Uh, most of us know him as a fantasy doctor. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Seelan Parekh, MD. You can also just go to our website. We have his banner up on top of our page. It'll take you to his YouTube channel. Uh, awesome, awesome content there for everything sports-related injury, uh, sports injury-related that you can find, really. Uh, Dr. Parekh, how are you doing today? Good. How are you guys? Good, good. Thanks for coming on and talking with good. us again. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I guess we could just kind of jump right into the fantasy stuff. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Teddy Bridgewater. He suffered what is reported to have been a pretty nasty injury. Uh, can you kind of maybe give us a breakdown of what happened there and what it looks like, not only, obviously, this season he's he's going to be out, but what this is going to look like for his career? Yeah, so it was a gruesome injury from the sounds of it, a non-contact injury where he dislocated a knee. Now, that's uh, a unique scenario. You don't often see a non-contact dislocated knee, but that's where basically your shin bone comes off of the thigh bone, and really the knee could have been pointing in any which direction. And that kind of sounds, if you get a gruesome picture in your head, that's accurate because the reports were uh, Vikings players were on their knees praying right away, and it was a gruesome sight, and they called the ambulance. Um, and, and so that's, that's kind of the picture you should have in your mind. But there are big concerns when it happened, and the biggest concern was any damage to his blood vessels or his nerves. Now, he got you know, whisked away to the hospital, had an emergency MRI, and uh, the sounds of it is that there is no blood vessel or nerve injury, which is a great thing. Um, he does have an ACL tear, and the Vikings reported there is other structural damage. They didn't go into the details of it, but usually with, an, with a dislocation, you will have at least two ligaments that are torn, if not more. You'll likely have some bone damage, and you may even have cartilage disc damage known as the meniscus right um he's 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 headed towards surgery in the next few days um and that's great now 
in terms of a knee dislocation with an ACL versus just your usual ACL, the timelines are a little bit different. You know, we've seen some players with just an isolated ACL tear, you know, just your, your garden variety ACL, come back on the playing field anywhere from six to nine months, maybe up to 11 months. Whole different ball game when you dislocated your knee. You're really looking at 11 to 12 months, maybe a little bit more. Um, I anticipate that he will be back in an LFL uniform on the playing field sometime in 2017. It may not be at the start of the season, but I think he'll be back, and, and he'll be okay. He's not a scrambling quarterback, so I think you know he'll be fine to stay in the pocket, run when he has to a little bit, but I think he'll be all right. Right. Wait, is this yeah. is this like out of the norm for a non-contact injury like this to happen? I mean, when, when you're talking about dislocating, you know, I think of force, you know, brute force kind of making stuff like this happen. Is this normal for a non-contact injury to, to end up like this? Absolutely not normal. It is very unusual. And, you know, his, his leg had to just be in that right position to get it to go. And it, it's, it's odd, but it can happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to transition to another guy um, that, for me... We 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 got to talk about something on another day because for me this this guy is injury prone and Dale says that that label doesn't necessarily exist for a lot of guys but that's a different discussion. I want to talk about Tony Romo uh, breaking yeah. a bone in his back again, um, injured another bone break. Uh, yeah. What 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 is there to expect? When will he be back? What's the timeline there? So you know the, the injury he had is called a compression fracture. Um, of his of his vertebral body, uh, which is basically the building blocks that protect the spinal canal and the spine itself. Um, just think about a, a sponge that's that's full height, and you squeeze it, and that's a compression type fracture, and that's what happened. Now, unfortunately, he's got mother nature and age against him. So he's 36 years old. He's had multiple injuries to that to that back. Um, this is the first time he's had a compression fracture. So that, you know the timeline typically six to ten weeks. Given his age, his history, I think that it's going to be more eight to ten weeks, maybe a little bit longer. My bigger concern is, is whether or not this is kind of the beginning of the end of Tony Romo. I mean, you look at other athletes that have been nagged with backs, it's ended careers. Look at Tiger Woods. You eventually uh, look at Peyton Manning. I mean, this is this is concerning. It's, it's not something to take lightly. If it is something that he can recover with six to ten weeks, uh, what's the likelihood of re-injury? So that's a great question, and, and it's really based on two things. Number one, his level of pain and how much is healed. Okay, If the Cowboys rush him back and that vertebral body is not fully healed, it will not take a major blow to re-injure that and maybe cause nerve damage, which then might need surgery. So the Cowboys have to be very careful with Tony Romo. He's shown himself to be a fragile quarterback over the last few seasons. He's shown himself, and he's older, and so things just take longer to heal. So they're going to have to be very careful on how they advance him. And obviously, if Dak does well, they may not worry about it as much. The, the real scenario for the Cowboys is going to be, well, Dak doesn't do well, can Tony Romo save the season, and when can we get him back in? And, and that's the, the, the kind of scenario that is almost the worst-case scenario for Tony Romo 
because he's going to want to get back in there. He won't want to take the time to really heal fully. And that's what sets him up to potentially get re-injured. Hey, Doc, we'll transition over to the AFC now. What should we expect for Deion Lewis now that he's having that cleanup procedure in his knee? Yeah, so, you know, he had the uh, the ACL that was reconstructed, um, and then that was happened last November. Then he had the, the clean-out procedure. It's really unclear why he had that clean-out procedure. Was it because there's a lot of scar tissue? Was there an underlying injury that maybe wasn't so bad when they did the ACL or wasn't discovered at the time of the ACL? Or sometimes the ACL itself is not really placed the exact way. So it sounds like the clean-out is all he needed. It doesn't sound like some of these other scenarios are really an area of concern. So with that information, I think you'll see him back within the next three to four weeks. Okay. And when he comes back in three or four weeks, is he good to go, uh, like ready to begin playing again immediately? I think you're going to have a ramp-up period for him. Unlike an ACL that doesn't need a second surgery and those guys are ready to go, um, I think it's going to be a little bit longer for him. Clearly, he had an issue that required a second surgery. So I think it's going to be more of a, a slow takeoff for him rather than you know come out of the gates running. All right, so I, I did want to ask one question here. Um, reports do seem not necessarily anything major, but um, Brandon Marshall was kind of held out with a sore hip. Anything to be worried about with him there? Um, only that it's unclear what's really going on with him. We don't know if it's a bursitis. You don't know if it's a flexion, uh, uh, a flexor injury. We don't know if it's a labral tear. Um, there's not much coming out in the way of uh, giving us information on what's really going on with his hip. Obviously, they kept him out against the Giants. The, the the word up to the media is that hey he could have played if it was regular season and that's good but but how accurate is that I don't know um, whenever you see a player be held back that's concerning the fact that it's preseason I'm not as concerned as if it were a regular season game so given the information we know it sounds like it's something minor maybe a bursitis uh, maybe an irritated uh, ligament um, or or tendon but from from the sounds of it I think he's going to be fine. Um, game one okay very good all right all right that's that's uh, good we always worry with a with an older player and he's kind of getting up there a little bit but good news right yeah uh last question here doc we'll talk about melvin gordon for a second we know that he had the microfracture surgery in the off season but he's looked he's looked pretty good in the preseason is there anything down the road that we should be looking for anything that we should be worried about you know, uh, microfracture surgery usually does fairly well, um, especially in different parts of the knee. Um, so the fact that he's, he's come back, you know, uh, he had surgery back in January, so he's been back, he's looking pretty good. I think barring another injury to that knee where he may shear off the scar tissue that's on that, uh, that pothole area of where they did the microfracture, I think he should be okay. I think, you know, expect good things from him this season. All right. Awesome. Awesome. That's that's what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So draft them. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have anything else going on, Doc? That uh, that you want to tell our listeners here? Um, any uh, got anything going on your website or YouTube channel that you like to plug? Yeah. Um, you know, follow the YouTube channel. We got uh, a lot of cross pollination with Fantasy Alarm, uh, the NFL Injury Board, and Infirmary Report. There's a lot of great 
information that hits the YouTube channel, and we do it pretty quickly. So, you know, an injury happens typically within 20, 30 minutes. You'll have insight into what's going on, what we're thinking, and what the possible timelines are for your fantasy fantasy team. Oh, that's awesome. So I would just say, you know, check out the YouTube channel. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I guess that was a quick and easy one for you, Doc. Um, we appreciate you coming on and, and taking your time to talk with us. Um, as always, it's uh, it's awesome uh, talking with you and getting some insight. Um, you guys Absolutely have a good yeah. All right. Well, uh, you, you have a good night there. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. You too, guys. Thanks. Thanks good a lot, night. Doc. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I said bye last. Ahora regresamos. Welcome back. <laughs> Um, we're going to play a quick back, game of Muy Importante, back, or, what are you doing? Back. Oh, you're going Mace. Oh, <laughs> damn, I like that song. <laughs> you guys were like five years old when it came out. What are you talking yeah, and about? You were, and you were like, in college. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being older than you guys. Uh, no. Um... All right, so we already told you guys about hashtag EatNation. Go ahead and send us your tweets at EatSleepFF with the hashtag of EatNation. Make sure that you send in those pictures of reviewing us on iTunes and subscribing, and we'll go ahead and hook you guys up. Well, well not everyone, but whatever. Wait, go how, back how, and many, how many T-shirts do we buy for this promotion? Are no, we we're going to – not, ev- not everyone, but uh, – I explained it in the beginning. God damn it, Dale. Okay. All right. Hey, hey, I just want to make sure everything's Pro covered. tip number wanna... 11, be on time. <laughs> <laughs> that is that way tip. you can know what I'm talking about. Okay. That is well, a great pro tip. Yeah. Why are we cool. calling it pro tips? Yeah. You're on that, time your... if you're early and you're late if you're on time. Early is on time. On time is late. All right. Thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> Have a All good right, night, hey guys, everyone. Thanks for listening uh, to the last 10 minutes. Um... We'll talk to you later. Buenas noches.